Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Firewalk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more! This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now! Supplies are very limited. Go to bluerosemag.com today. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. We have Nancy Ferguson, who played Ruth Truthworthy from On the Air. We've got an interview with her today. We do? Yeah. And oh. I think we got a, there's a couple of Twin Peaks connections there. We, we you know, it's all in the David Lynch world. It is. It's awesome. So let's talk to Nancy. There's a Twin Peaks magazine, Blue Rose, that recently did an issue focused on the women of Lynch. And Ruth Truthworthy from On the Air was one of the 40 characters highlighted. Oh, wow. Ruth is one of my favorite characters. How did you bring her to life? Oh, thank you. I, you know, I loved, first of all, when I first read this script. I had an instant affinity like with Ruth Truworthy and the name and everything. I loved David so much and mm-hmm. I just felt she was me and this was my role. I just had an instant feeling about her and, and it from the very beginning. How did you become involved in On the Air? Joanna Ray, David's casting director, had seen me in a movie called Rockula. You know, then sort of kept me in her mind and filed me away Hmm. and so she was who brought me in and I you know I had met David a few times my ex-husband knew him uh, Mark Mothersbaugh Devo so I had met him a few times when I was with Mark and if someone had asked me you know if you could work with any director who would it be David was who I you know David Lynch was who I would say so you know it was definitely uh, you know, a dream come true for me, and, and you know, it was an extraordinary experience. I'm thrilled that Ruth Truworthy was picked among all the great women of Lynch that I love so well. It was perfect timing with your character being featured in the magazine because we're now covering on the air, and we're really enjoying it. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm a huge fan of the show. From the very beginning, I loved everything about it, and there was nothing in my mind that it was no, you're not going to be a big hit. And to this day, I still believe that, you know, it will find its place in the world because I think it's a very special gem that just hasn't been fully revealed and discovered. I think in today's world, 
if it was put on, you know, one of the cable network, you know, in a heartbeat, it would have had a life and an audience. It was so ahead of its time, and, you know, it was just too weird and too original and too surreal for ABC, which, you know, didn't even realize that to have David Lynch, to have Twin Peaks, and then mm-hmm. on the air, that that should be something that should be celebrated and nurtured and not just fit into the normal standards of how you put something on television. There are other shows after On the Air, like 30 Rock, that seem very similar to the show. I really liked 30 Rock, but no, David was just so ahead of his time. There were so many elements, yes, to 30 Rock that, that were already there. I mean, I mean, I'd be curious to see if they you know, had any influence there, but definitely it, there were so many parallels to that show. David's artistic presence and stamp and his identity to any piece of work, you know, there isn't really anything like it. So you could put, you know, all the same elements, but, you know, once David does something, it's a a lynch comedy, it's going to be unlike anything else. I can't tell if Ruth is mean and sarcastic or honest and nice and supportive. Yes, so no, Ruth is honest, nice and supportive. (laughs) She completely believes that... You know, she she just wants to do the, the best job she possibly can and, you know, make sure that every that she can make everything and everyone the best person and, and situation that, you know, can happen within, this, you know, within everything falling apart. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, she pretty much is sort of the glue that wants to make everything, that keeps wanting to make everything work. And I've heard it was your choice to have Ruth act incredibly enthusiastic. Yes. When I love something, I'm a pretty much a natural cheerleader at heart mm. and an optimist. So I really saw that in her. No matter what was going on, you know, she had the positive view to take. Yeah. Um, and, and that's sort of her through line always. That You know, she never sort of went negative on anything. It was always positive and and to this day, I am still a cheerleader for On the Air and for mm-hmm. that show, Making It in the World. It's funny that your character is the only one that seems to be able to understand and translate the director of the show. Some people think that your character was inspired by Mary Sweeney, who worked on the show. Have you heard this? She did tell me that I was the linchpin of the show. <laughs> Nobody ever told me that specifically, but I always admired and felt very close to Mary. Were you filming On the Air when Twin Peaks was on? Correct. When we were doing On the Air, it was actually really quite heartbreaking because it was at the time when ABC was being difficult with David and pulling it from its timeline and putting it in a bad timeline and, you know, starting to create problems for that Mm -hmm. show. And we all loved Twin Peaks, and it was really hard for David. He loved the show and loved everybody working on it. It was all such good people as well, and nobody can really understand when those things are going on. And and so, yeah, we were sort of a part of that experience. How much was David Lynch and Mark Frost involved with the show? So David was really involved in it. I never met Mark Frost. I talked to him once on the phone. I always Mm -hmm. wanted to meet him. I still, to this day, have not met Mark Frost. They were starting to separate somewhat. So David was, well, he was completely involved in every aspect of the pilot, from how people put your makeup on to every detail of every single thing that goes on in the show. And every single person in every department just sort of rises to this David Lynch standard and this elevated feeling that goes on working with him. It's really a sort of a wonderful world. So David would be there for the table reads for each episode, and if he couldn't be there, then we would do it, you know, on a speaker phone, 
because it was a different world then. We didn't, you know, have Skype and all that. So he was always, you know, involved. But, you know, obviously the pilot was his complete work. You're friends with Kimmy Robertson. Wouldn't she have made a great Betty? Uh, you know, a lot of people always felt that, yes, that character might have been the Lucy role of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Twin Peaks was going on. And, you know, what David was really doing, which I feel in today's world would be happening, was he could have the studio where there would be Twin Peaks going on and then on the air going on and then his features going on. And so it seemed like that could all be happening. And so it Twin Peaks was going on. You couldn't really have Kimmy be in on the air because they were still going on at the same time. So I don't yeah, really know sense. if there was ever any discussion of that. Betty was definitely the, the Lucy of on the air. You and Kimmy did a pilot called ADD that had such potential. It made me think a little bit of like Broad City. Hi, I'm Kimmy. Hi, I'm Nancy. And we're doing the show called ADD. ADD. You have to grab a purse. Oh, oh my God, purse. You wouldn't believe what I heard on Science Friday on the way over here, NPR. They did a whole two-year study on the bottom of women's purses. It's filled with bacteria. Oh my God, you know what? I got an email about that too. Ah, take that off my back. I love that you saw that Kimmy and I did that together. Yes, because, you know, Kimmy and I have had parallels in our life, starting with my ex-husband, Mark Mothers, Bob Diva. She had dated one of Mark's brothers, Mm. you know, and then um, we had danced together, and then, you know, she did a Lynch series, and I did a Lynch series, and we sort of came together and did that little pilot that we did ourselves and, you know, didn't really expand on it you know but i you know yeah i thought I'm, I'm, i love that you saw that yeah i thought it was so much fun i wanted more yeah i did we definitely fit were a good pair i felt we yeah. could go on to pretty much the, just put the two of us in a situation in my world i am not the straight person so it's in in the lynch world i become the straight person mm. which is really fun for me <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so yeah Kimmy is really fun and easy to work with and, and a joy and david is he's the biggest joy of all to work with it's just such a pleasure to work with someone that's such a, a brilliant artist and genius and mm. has just a wonderful heart and creates such an app of family that you are just so excited to go to work every day. I've heard David Lynch likes to do things on the fly, kind of last-minute ideas. Did you experience any of that on on the air? Oh, you... yeah. No, he definitely does things on the fly. <laughs> David is, a, you know, an intuitive, spontaneous person. Art can come as it should in the moment. And so that whole scene where I'm explaining how, you know, snaps, you put the string through the bowl and it's connected to the dog. Snaps doesn't like Welby Snaps dog food. The string comes up through the bowl, attaches to Snaps collar, which pulls Snaps against his will. That entire scene. Yes came out on the fly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, that's so, one of my favorite lines is that, I mean, the, the way you deliver it where it's like you're, you're explaining things to people and people should understand, but you have to go through the whole thing and that was great. 
Yeah, so so um, so I and I love that scene too. So that was one, and then and then there would be things like in the scene with um, Shorty and I and the pot, you know, trying to get in backstage when things were going awry, and where we were trying to figure out how to have him hold the, you know, the, the pots and pans, and yeah. you know, and I keep telling him to hold on. Davis had us do that scene. It seemed like ten minutes. He just kept <laughs> having us go back and forth and improvising and oh. running in, and it was. And it was quite funny. You know, he has this absurdist comedy attitude. So, you know, things that go on long create more absurdity. Um, So he would sometimes allow takes to go on if something was happening. That's great. I've heard George Clooney, Miguel Fierro's cousin, tried to get on the set to meet David Lynch. Did he ever get on the set to meet him? (laughs) I love that you heard that. Okay, so we had a close set, which I loved, because, you know, you you sort of stay within the world of David Lynch, and you stay very focused. You know, Miguel came from sort of a history of, you know, having friends and people come to the set. So Miguel did bring people. The pilot, not so much, if I can remember, but it's possible. George did come by. I was actually told, because I didn't really... At the time, I didn't really watch much television. No, I wouldn't have known who George Clooney was anyway at that mm. time. He really wasn't anyone at that time. But So I, I, he did come to the set, but I don't know if he ever met David or anything, but he did come to the set way before he was the great George Clooney. Mm. I did see him at, you know, at some movie that he had done, some premiere, and I did you know, remind him that I met him years ago. And he was like, oh, it's great to see you again. You know, don't let it be another 10 or 15 years before I see you again. And he was very <laughs> sweet. But mm. Rosemary came to the set and you know, when Jack was directing, Sissy Spacek came. So, you know, it, it, there was a few really wonderful people that came that were fans of the show, that loved the show. So uh, we felt that we were in good company of the people that loved the show. Do you have a favorite scene or favorite episode? I do really love the one with the dog that mm-hmm. David, like, threw on me. I think only because it was so great to work spontaneously like that with him. Yeah. Um, but I also have a sort of a fondness for the very first scene that we did, and it was the very opening of the of the show, just because, you know, it, it was the first scene, and it was sort of magic in that way. This is live television. Betty, you're the co-star of the show. You have absolutely no experience whatsoever. You have every right to be extremely apprehensive. <laughs> David, at that point, you, you know, he we all thought we had a hit show, so, you know, and... David was like, you know what happened to Cheers? So we mm. thought we we would do, be doing that for the for the next you know seven years. So you know, the big, Tony Kranz was there, the big CAA agent. Everybody was there watching the very first scene. So that one sort of solidifies in my mind. And then I have to admit that there isn't sort of a moment that wouldn't be a favorite in my mind, just because it was all just great to do. You know, it was so great working with Ian and. We, we are still really close friends, and I loved everybody, and it was, you know, a wonderful experience. When we would walk around the lot, yeah, the Seinfeld show was going on, and, um, you know, I, I had known Jason Alexander. We were in the Larry Moss acting class together, and people people were, oh, yeah, you guys have the cool show on the lot. You know, mm. they were all, like, everybody was, like, this was the one that had all the you know, special energy around it. And I do really think it was just so ahead of its time, and it was definitely ahead of the world of television. Like, television now 
you can have a small, very unusual artistic show, and because they're not bound by, you know, someone like HBO or Showtime or other networks, uh, that cable networks are not bound by their advertisers, they can, you know, have a show that's with a smaller audience that just finds the show and, you know, or just be proud to do the work of brilliant, creative, artistic filmmaker. We had talked to Mark Frost over a year ago and he thought On the Air was coming out on DVD soon. You know, I haven't heard it. I would, would not be the first person to hear anyway. I would, you know, I would probably find out when you would find out. You probably would find <laughs> out sooner. Yeah, I've, I did hear rumor that there was that possibility and I do think that there is always that possibility. I'm always expecting it to sort of pop up in the world. Can you tell us about the show, What's in Heidi's Head? What's in Heidi's Head? Feet. Okay, I'm going to remove your corn now. It's always good to put your best foot forward. Another name for corn is maize. That was something that I created and executive produced. It was the first live action show that Pasky Tupo did. You know, we did two short subjects as pilots, which aired on Nickelodeon and, and Noggin. And then at the time, their mandate was not to have any adult hosts. So mm. that didn't go, but it aired quite a bit on as interstitials. I really loved those. Those were really fun to do. I, uh, I feel like I sort of had this sort of magical Mary Poppins character that some people said was very sort of female Kiwi-esque. Yeah. But, but the world, you know, ha- being able to create a, a real world, I'm also have always been drawn to surrealism. So uh, it was great to be able to work with that. And I also had had a children's band with three little kids that were five, six, and seven. So working in children's television was fun for me and it was sort of a, an easy segue to do some things that I wanted to do creatively. You know, I don't know you, but I think you have a great personality and you really come to life on screen. I can't wait to check out more of your work. Oh, well, thank you so much. What are you working on now? I know you've got a documentary you've been working on. You know, I did the Robert Williams, Mr. Bitchin documentary, which I produced and co-directed, which kind of still has somewhat of a life just because it's still screening and being seen, which is great. But Mm -hmm. so my current documentary I'm working on is one on my 99-year-old mom, Sue, who two years ago at 97, and it was a couple years after my dad had died, she had been voicing that she wanted to find someone. Mm -hmm. And I did an online profile for her and for online dating, and I found uh, this man, Jim White, 10 years younger than her, and and, uh, they've been together ever since their first date. So I've been doing a documentary on my mom and her meeting and her life now with with Jim. (laughs) And she probably has great stories to share. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's funny. Thank you so much, Nancy, for coming on the show and talking to us about On the Air. It's been great talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nancy Ferguson, for being on today's show. What a treat. She is something else, isn't she? She, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think she's such a cool character, and yeah. I'm so great to talk to her. And, uh, and you know, Blue Rose Magazine, they feature her as one of the 40 uh, best lynch women there. And 
that little video she did with Kimmy. Yeah. ADD. ADD pilot there. Yeah. That was fun. On Vimeo? I still think, I still think it, it could have been like Broad City. Broad City. I think so. Like the, I would love to have seen where those characters could have gone. and and. I love it. Like They're outside talking, and then they're talking about their purse with germs. And, oh, it's, right. it's hilarious. Check it out. I wanted more. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but what an interview. I'm so glad you got to interview her, Ben. I was at work. Or what? sick. You weren't with me I was somewhere. <laughs> I was, I got, I was sick just, there. You, you could have been there and you just weren't asking questions. Yeah, I was a silent, <laughs> silent, as always. We'll be covering more of On the Air throughout the year. The remainder of the year. The remainder of the year, we've got more. Coming up the rest of the year, just so everybody knows, it's On the Air. Some special interviews. you got to keep it under wraps. And uh, we have a fantastic best of that will be dropping on Christmas Eve. Um, the community got involved again, and I think people are really going to love this one. It's uh, We just stepped it up. It's going to be great. But with that being said, follow us on Twitter, like us on the old Facebook, drop us an email, TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com, and give us that five-star review or nice little comment on iTunes. You can go on Google Play, we're on Stitcher, and we're on Spotify and YouTube. Feel free to like us on the old YouTube. Our show is on there. And if you want to buy something for that loved one, that Twin Peaks fan in your life, our T Public page is open for the holidays. Lots of sales going on. The link is in the show notes. You get yourself a shirt, a mug, a hoodie, a phone case, a sticker with our beautiful logo on it. A small percentage of the proceeds will go to help keeping this show on for another year. Keeping this show on the server. So please support. Yeah, please support us. And with that being said, Ben. We'll be back again next week. See you in the tree.